Post 82 is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams, so head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. That's all I care about is you know the, the wins and losses column, and I feel like you know uh, that I bring my obviously my defense to the game, but. Whatever it takes to win games, and I feel like I've been doing that, so I'm happy about my, you know, my, my, my time so far. To have a wire tour win like this against the team that kind of embarrassed you guys in the beginning of the season, what does that say about what this team has gone through and how you guys have grown? Uh, yeah, it shows the growth. Uh, first couple of games, uh, obviously, you know, we were out of whack, uh, getting to know each other a little bit, and we just weren't playing hard enough, you know, playing and simple. Uh, so we had to look at, at ourselves in the mirror. And uh, we, we continue to, you know, make steps in the right direction. And, you know, as you know, it's still early in the season, but we'll continue to do that. That was a little bit of Corey Joseph talking to the media pregame. And this is Jason Jones bringing you the latest edition of Post 82. From throne room breakdown, Kings knockdown, the Phoenix Suns 120-116 win their, for the sixth time in the last eight games, move to 6-7 and seven on the season, Makes that a little uh, 0-5 start seem a little distant. No one's really talking about that now. When uh, Luke Walton is introduced, you actually hear the Luke and not the booze. So I guess things are going well for the Kings right now. But So let's go ahead and dive into what we saw tonight, how this game went. And I'm going to start with the man who was speaking at the beginning of this podcast, Corey Joseph. Since Corey's taken over the starting role for De'Aaron Fox, who went out with the uh, sprained ankle, Kings are three and one, and Corey's not scoring like De'Aaron, and I don't think any of us expect that, uh, nor should you expect that. Corey's a different type of player, but Corey was uh, carving up the Suns a different way. Career high, fourteen assists. He blocked two shots, got a got a steal, five rebounds. Pretty much, Corey is a do everything type guy, the type of guy the Kings need when you're trying to you know establish a new culture, depth. Corey's pretty much does everything the Kings need him to do. And as Luke Walton said after the game, Corey's a, just a, a winner. And I'll say, as he says, um, this is a quote, uh, Corey has been in the playoffs every single year in his career. He's won an NBA championship. You know, then uh, a little further down in the quote, he adds, quote, also referring to Bogey as well, but he says these guys know how to win and they've been, a huge part of why we've had some success, and tonight they did it again, and we needed it. Yeah, and Corey, I mean, let's just speak on him. He's got a tough task. You know, he's running the team, and then defensively, they need him to defend the toughest guy on the court, usually in the in the backcourt. And if you go back to uh, last Friday in L.A., that even meant defending LeBron James some. And Corey's probably giving up at least, you know, a good seven inches, 80, 90, maybe more in terms of weight, 90 pounds in terms, you know, to LeBron, and he's accepted the challenge. And I think what Corey's really done is he's set an, an example of sacrifice. And I'm not sure this t- this organization has had in a while enough guys who are willing to set the example in terms of sacrifice and what you got to do in order for a team to win. So for Corey, if that means I got to guard LeBron, and I know I'm overmatched physically, but I got to compete and fight, 
There's no reason why a Buddy Heald, for example, or a Bogdan Bogdanovich, or anyone can say they can't compete on defense because he's out there actually doing it. He's not just talking it, he's doing it. And in the locker room, Corey's not the loudest guy. He's real laid back, uh, kind of cool, you know, he's, you know, he's from Canada. Maybe it's that laid-back Drake vibe. I don't know, but uh, he's cool. He's fun to talk to because he's seen so much. He's played for Popovich. He's so he's won a championship. He's played in Toronto. He's played in Indiana. He's played in winning situations. And he's been a very good addition to this team. I can't front on that. I mean, some people wondered, were the Kings overpaying to get him? Was he the right fit? You know, it's, it's known the Kings were interested in Patrick Beverly, but... I think Corey's been exactly what they've needed. He's fit in well. He's been a good presence in the locker room and just the way he plays on the court. It reminds me of a little bit of Andre Miller because it's kind of that slow, steady pace. He's not going to blow by people the same way De'Aaron does, but that's the kind of the beauty of it as well. He doesn't have to be De'Aaron Fox. Him being himself is exactly what they need. And instead, uh, tonight, career-high 14 assists. Great uh, floor general played 39 minutes, you know, took some time defending uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, he just pretty much did a, you know, he did whatever the Kings needed. And even though his shot hasn't been falling consistently as a, you know, as a starter, that's not really what this is about for the Kings or for him. It's about the fact that Corey is out there playing with some toughness, a toughness this team has really lacked. And as he pointed out too, he's got the Kings playing harder. And that's, and that's a big part. I mean, if you want to be blunt about it, and even he mentioned it tonight, the Kings just didn't play hard enough the first five games of the season. But now they're a lot more fun to watch because they are playing hard. You do see that effort. You know, it's not a type of thing where you say, oh, God, can this game just please get over because I don't want to watch them play like this. It's been a lot. It's been a fun transformation to watch over the last couple of weeks and still a lot of basketball to play. Only 11 games in – no, not 11. Let's check that. 13 games into the season. But – Still a lot of basketball to be played, but if they can, if they play with this type of effort and kind of model themselves the way Corey approaches the game, they'll be fine, you know, as they kind of navigate this time without Fox and without, still without Marvin Bagley. So now I want to move on to the next guy who, uh, during this time period of no De'Aaron, no Bagley, has really taken off. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bogey, they call him Block Boy. Uh, as I like to remind people, I don't know if... Bogey's version of Block Boy, the version of the Block Boy I grew up hearing about. But, hey, it is what it is. Have some fun with it. He was on one tonight, 11 of 14 shooting, 7 of 9 on threes, career-high 31 points. The 7 made threes, another career-high. Also had uh, the 7 assists, had 3 steals. If we want to be mean and nitpick, you say, yeah, Bogey, you had 6 turnovers. But... Oh, man, 31.7 assists, four rebounds. I'm not going to be too hard on, on with the turnovers. Um, only concern would be that he left the game late. He said it was a cramp in his left hamstring. Um, he uh, did brief media, then went to go get more treatment. We'll know more by the time the Kings play in Brooklyn on Friday. But he really has, you know, he's really in the last few games, he really has been, as I call, good bogey. Not bad, but, you know, he had some moments, you know, the over, you know, kind of the bad bogey, dribbled too much, trying to attack and not the wrong way. But really for a, for a good minute now, good bogey has overtaken the bad bogey, and that's what the Kings need. 
especially without Fox. They need his playmaking, and if you combine him and Joseph, that's 21 of the 28 assists the Kings had between those two guys, and they're the two guys that were taking over the primary playmaking role without De'Aaron. So I don't think we can, we can bank on 21 assists between those two every game, but that's the, it, was, it was definitely needed. It was definitely a boost for them Tuesday night against Phoenix. So we'll see how that, that thing continue to go. We'll have to monitor uh, Bogey in this the uh, the hamstring situation. He seemed like the thing wasn't wasn't going to be a big deal. But one thing I've learned in this business is that you don't trust the players to tell you about their injury. You let that come from the team or someone official because the guys will think they're okay. Then you find out the guy's going to miss three or four games. I've seen that happen more than once in this business. There's a whole lot you can take positive between those two in the backcourt, Corey and Bogey. And another guy, it seems like I talk about him every game. This dude is becoming one of my favorite kings to watch every night, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, 20 points, career-high 15 rebounds, two block shots, endless energy, effort on defense. He really is becoming quite the thing. Quite a, it's becoming, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's a lot of fun to watch, just his effort, his energy, his tenacity, his enthusiasm, that stuff is contagious. And you can really see it spreading around the team. And since he's moving to the starting lineup, that energy has been there more to start games. And it's that uh, he's he's probably the, uh, I don't know if you say the, the best signing of the offseason, but he's definitely the best bargain. I mean, two years, $10 million for a for a starting center. And, of course, he wasn't brought in to start. That was supposed to be Dwayne Dedman's gig. But Rashawn took it, and it was, it, you know, it was he took it with energy. He took it with his tenacity. He took it with his effort. There's no way you can really front on that. The, you know, Rashawn has earned that role. I don't see how you take that role from him at this point. You know, 8 of 11, is that 15 boards, 12 on the defensive end, 12 defensive boards, should I say, and uh, – Four or four free throws, too. Throw that in there, you know. So, guy can do pretty much everything right now. And I shouldn't say do everything, but <laughs> y'all know what I mean by that. I mean, just in terms of what the Kings need from a center, pick and roll, uh, crash the boards, clean up the boards, protect the rim. Rashawn does all that. And I got to give Lottie his props. You know, this was a guy they they signed after they had already you know, committed to Deadman and Ariza and Joseph and re-signed Harrison Barnes. And this was a great value find for them, something that's really paying off for them. And Rashawn, as you can tell, quickly become a fan favorite. He's ingratiated himself with the community. Everyone likes him. I think I, see, I saw Rashawn Holmes' jersey at the game tonight. So, man, the dude's uh, picking up popularity quickly around here. And it's been fun to watch. And he's been great to talk to and deal with and get to know a little bit over his first few games. And look forward to getting to know more about him and eventually write more and tell y'all more about him as this season progresses. And yeah, while the game was good, they won. You know, we can all be, they can all be happy about that. Can't ignore one thing. Kings gave up 71 points in the second half. So for as good as they were defensively in the first half, they were equally as bad in the second half. It and it's just like no, they let up. I mean, plain and simple, they let up. They had a big lead. The lead got as big as 26. They're rolling and they took the foot off the gas. You know, whatever cliche you want to use for this. Uh, let go of the rope. Whatever you want to say, they did in the second half. I said 71 points in the second half. 
That's insane. And against a better team, against a team on this road trip, that's just not going to work. And the one thing uh, Luke Walton and, and Bogey both said, you hope this is a lesson you learned, but you also still got the win. A lot of times you learn these lessons in losses. And this game got down to a three-point game in the final seconds of the game. And the Kings made enough free throws so that it didn't come to the point where, say, Phoenix has the ball with a chance to tie. But there's no way in the world this game should have been a three-point game at any point in the second half. But you give up 30 points in the third, 41 in the fourth. That is just, yeah, that is pretty, that's unacceptable. You can't, you're not going to beat good teams doing that. And like I said, they gave up 19 points in the first quarter, and then it just got, you know, 26 in the second, 30 in the third, 41 in the fourth. Kings were able to get away with it tonight, but that's not going to be a successful formula if they're going to hope to do, you know, at least get a split, do something good on this road trip because you're playing some teams that can definitely score the ball. Uh, actually, Washington is one of the best scoring teams, I believe maybe even the best scoring team in the NBA. They give up a whole lot of points, but they can definitely score. So you, you don't want to get into a situation where you got to shoot out with Bradley, Bill, and Isaiah Thomas against uh, Buddy and Corey or Buddy and Bo- whoever the case may be. You don't want to get in that situation. So you hope the Kings learned a lesson from what happened at the end of this this game, the second half, and how the Suns were able to use a zone defense, kind of just make the game ugly. You know, the Kings had 19 turnovers that led to 21 points for the Suns. So even though you hold the Suns to 42.7% shooting, you still give up 116 points. You know, you gave up 14 offensive rebounds, uh, 12 second-chance points. Yeah, those are just things that you don't want. So going forward, got to continue to clean that up. You know, the turnovers can't continue to crop up like that. And one more interesting note before I get out of here. Uh, Kings scored 120 points with only seven fast break points. Uh, so the offense, the half-court offense was definitely working well for them to put up that many points and only have seven fast break points. Uh, the Kings made 13 to 31 on threes. They also got to the f- foul line. Ding, ding, ding. Free throws, even though you don't have De'Aaron Fox. Uh, 23 to 25 from the free throw line. Uh, seven free throws from Yogi Ferrell in just 18 minutes. That's pretty impressive. That means he was attacking and initiating some contact. Buddy Hill had six free throws, which helped make up for his three or 14 shooting. Still only had 12 points, but if he can get to the line, that'll always be a positive for the Kings. So. That's all I got from y'all now from Golden One Center. This is Jason Jones of The Athletic, Post 82, Throne Room Breakdown, all that good stuff. You know where to find me. Uh, Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones, Mr. Jones LBC on the the IG, Instagram. I look forward to hearing from some of y'all. Hit me up. Um, Talk to you later. Post Kings at Brooklyn. Take care, y'all. I'm out.